0: Uh, this morning from from the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter, and uh, it begins with the first verse and goes to the 10th verse, and you can follow along by looking up on the screen, or if you have your phone, or, or an iPad, or there are Bibles over there, I'd love for you to follow along. Now, all the tax collectors and sinners... We're coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So we're going to stop right there just because I want to, I want to give a little context here. Now all the tax collectors and sinners, I want you to think about in your life, the people that you think are not quite up to snuff, the lazy people, the dumb people, the arrogant people, the self-centered people, um, Narcissistic? narcissistic people, sociopath, whatever, I mean, Whatever any kind any kind of person who just isn't quite you know whatever in your mind and don't and don't lie and think that you don't have any of those in your head i mean let's 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 confess right now that all of us have those feelings at time when we look at certain people or certain countries or certain races or whatever that 's the sinners <laughs> in that culture that would have been the sinners the people who were not on the inside of whatever the circle was. And technically, for the Jews, it would have been people who were not faithful in their temple observance, not faithful in their rituals and, and all that sort of thing. And the Pharisees and the scribes, the Pharisees and the scribes, the Pharisees are the good church-going people. I had big trouble for this one time because I said, I said, that's you and me. Well, I'm going to say it again. We're the good church-going people. We're here. Now, whether you think you're good or not or whatever, or this is your first time to church and you're feeling kind of whatever, I'm just saying that the Pharisees were the ones, they, they mowed their lawns, you know, they edged it real careful. They blew the leaves off, you know, made sure everything looks good. You know, they're the, you want them as neighbors. You know, they were clean. They did, you know, they did all the, the right things. They, they observed the law of the Jews as best they could. And the scribes, in many ways, right along in there. So these are the good religious people. And so, of course, the good religious people are saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Because any good Jewish man, any good rabbi, would not have associated with these unclean people. Because when you lay down with the dogs, you're bound to get fleas, right? All right, maybe that's an old saying. I need to update my sayings here. All right, so so just just imagine the situation. Jesus is hanging out with undesirables, with people who are seen as less than, people who are seen as unclean. And then he tells this parable. Which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors and he says to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, who turns around, than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman... I love the fact here, okay, so, so get it that, that, that Jesus is, is saying here, metaphorically, that God was the shepherd going to look for the sheep. Here, God is a woman looking for a coin. Just get that for a minute. Or what woman, having ten silver coins... If she loses one, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there was joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. On that day 15 years ago, I was uh, in the manse, which is where the pastor lives, the church that I served in Ohio. I just turned off the TV and uh, called my music, the woman who was our music director, or really our, our, the person who directed our choir, and, and we were talking about hymns um, for that Sunday. And all of a sudden, she just her voice changed, and she said, "Joel, I, I, I think you need to turn on the TV." I said, okay, um, we'll talk later, click, turn on the TV, and you know what I was seeing. I was in Ohio, and I just sat there mesmerized for about three hours, like, speechless. No clue what to do, what to think. We ended up having a, a prayer service that night at the church, we rang the bells, uh, it was that church was awesome, we had this bell that you actually rang, like the kids, you know, and, and just on that day especially, that bell ringing out over the countryside was just, it was almost like a lament. People came to, to worship and to, and to pray. And on that day, much was lost, wasn't it? I mean, lives were lost, countless families and the ripple effects and the of all of that, of the people who were lost on that day. I think we lost in America a sense of of innocence for many of us, a sense of exceptionalism that, you know, we hadn't had anything on American soil really, right, since World War II. I mean, and that was in Hawaii. So... We can be pretty disconnected from that, even though that's a powerful memory for many, many of us. There's a loss of innocence, I think, loss of that sense of exceptionalism and of protection. I think what we found that day was um, the fact that when these things happen, how easy it is to turn to anger to blaming, to castigating whole sections of people just based on the actions of a few. It really showed many, many things. And in that prayer service that night, I was not necessarily the most popular person in the room when I said, many people have said, um, you know, that the world for us has changed. And I said, the world hasn't changed we just got a taste of what it's like to live in the world. It was a hard day. A hard day and a hard time after that. And as you know, I mean, there were lots of things that, that went on after that that I, I wish could have been done differently, been done better. I think, I think it was a real opportunity that America missed to come together. I think we missed it in a lot of ways. 15 years later, we're more divided, I think, now than we were then. I Maybe mean, at least for a little while, in a couple weeks or a month after 9-11, it sort of felt like we were all in this together, you know? Like, let's, let's link arms, let's figure this out, let's, 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 let's care for our neighbors because God knows what's going to happen, and let's come together, and let's care for each other, and let's do some things. And, and, but that dissipated pretty quickly. We put in some safety and security measures, we put in the Department of Homeland Security, and now we sort of go about our business. We lost a lot. We lost a lot that day. But in loss, I think, is the opportunity to find out what is truly important what truly matters for us. Jesus tells this parable, these two parables, and there's actually three here, but I didn't read the third one, of something valuable that was lost. Which of you, if you've lost something precious to you, is almost what he's saying, doesn't go and set aside everything and go to search for and go to look for it. And when you found it, I mean, I don't know, I don't know about you, but but when I've lost something that mean, that means a little bit more to me than just I don't know something, a piece of clothing or or whatever, um, you know, it's like I want to tell somebody, "Hey, I found it." You know, this is this this is awesome. You know, like when you lose your kid in the grocery store. I mean, it only takes, I mean, I, parents, I mean, you know, it only takes, like, and your heart is at, you know, the highest rate it can be, your gut, you know, you got this pit in your stomach, you're like, I just saw them, you know, I just, what I just turned my head for a second, and all of a sudden, you're off to the races. I mean, you know, that the kid is in Indiana. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, no. it's just... It's amazing what our minds can do. But we get real clear on what's important, don't we? The groceries don't mean anything at that point. We're going to find that kid. We're going to find that kid. But when things are going fine and everybody's together, like we... We just sort of, we just sort of bebop along, and we don't, you know, we, 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 we get distracted by things that aren't as important, you know? How do I look in this dress? You know? Thank you. <laughs> they want to see me in a dress, 11.15, every Sunday morning, you know, I'm in a dress. Um... I'm picking on the women there just for a second, but the guys are just as bad, you know. Did I did I did I did I get the hair right? Did I shine up the chrome dome just so? I mean, can you can you see yourself in that, you know? I mean, we get we get all tied up in stuff. What kind of car am I driving? Like, where am I vacationing? What can I post on Facebook to rival my friends even though we don't really want to talk about that? I mean, we get we get tie, we get caught up in all this stuff when when things are 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 going fine, going along, we forget what's really, truly important and sometimes it takes us losing something in order to get that wake-up call. What woman having ten silver coins loses one and sweeps the whole house looking for that one coin. Here's the interesting thing about, about both of these stories is that you know, a coin doesn't know that it's lost. It has no idea that it's lost. It can't cry out and say mommy, daddy, or you know, whatever. Sort of like that t-shirt you know, you're looking for. A sheep Oftentimes when sheep are lost, they won't cry out because they're afraid that the wolves will get them or the coyotes or some other animal that is their predator because they're completely unprotected. And so they won't tell you that they're lost. You've got to go find them. How many of us when we've been lost in our lives, have not cried out, have not gone to seek help. Maybe we've been dealing with a depression or an illness or, or something that we feel is shameful in our lives, and so we, 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 don't, we don't cry out because we're afraid. It's almost like we'd rather be lost than have somebody know that we're lost. But what I love about this scripture is that Jesus is saying, for any that are lost, God is searching. God is searching. God is looking. God is wanting to find and to bring back into the community. It's one of the other beautiful pieces of this is when they bring the sheep back home, you call together the friends and the neighbors and you have a party. In the next parable, the parable of the prodigal or the lost son, uh, whatever you want to call that, when, when, when the lost son is found, when he finds himself in a, in a way, there's a party. We get excited. God brings the lost back into community, and there's a celebration. You notice in the, in the, in the story, uh, when, the, when the sheep is found, the shepherd doesn't say, okay now, um, go take a shower, go, go shave your face, um, go read your Bible, go pray to Jesus, and then you're welcome back in the community. shepherd just puts the sheep on his shoulders, brings him back, back in the community. A lot of Christian communities talk about the lost and the found. And most of the time, the people that are in rooms like this, we're pretty darn self-assured that we've been found. And oftentimes, in many churches, especially today, I think it's getting, I, I, I still think we're becoming more and more divided, unfortunately. There's a sense of, yeah, yeah, you'll, you're welcome here, as long as you become like us. As long as you look like us, taste like us, act like us, pray like us, read the Bible like us, you know, dress like us, whatever. I mean, if you look around this room, I mean, we all sort of Dress the same, drive the same kind of cars, live in the same kind of neighborhoods, for the most part. Right? I mean, that's sort of a natural tribal thing that happens. But I think we're called to more than that. As a matter of fact, I know, <laughs> biblically, that we're called to more than that. But a lot of Christian communities are, you know, oh, yeah, 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 we're, we're see- we, see- we are seeking and saving the lost. As if, as if they've been given dis, special dispensation from God to decide who's lost and how they're supposed to be found. But only if you come and you act like us and you be like us and whatever, and if you don't, if you don't have any weird lifestyle stuff going on. You know, don't come here if you've got weird lifestyle stuff going on. You know what I'm talking about. Stay lost then. <laughs> I think that's the message in a lot of Christian communities. But I don't think that's where we're supposed to be. I think those of us who've been captured and found at some time in our lives, because I think this lost and found thing is sort of, it goes back and forth. I mean, I don't know about you, but throughout my short life, like there there are times when I feel about as far from God and lost, as far from community and lost, as far from love and lost, over and over and over again. And most of the time I put myself in that position, but that's, that's another issue. But something always happens that draws me back. I attribute that to the Spirit. I attribute that to God. And I think that, that, that for a Christian community, and I think Westminster, this particular Christian community is being called to be a particular Christian community that says, you are welcome." We are all seeking to follow Jesus. We have all been lost. We have all been found. And we are being lost and found all the time. But we are the ones who are called. When we're feeling particularly found, when we, when we particularly understand this story, when we, when we know what it is to live in the love of Christ, we are called to go out to be those people who draw others in because the people who are lost today aren't crying out. They may be your friends and neighbors. They may look just fine. They're doing just fine. Kids are healthy. Cars run. You know? Got good jobs. But they may be lost. Adrift. And in need of a community, in need of love that only God can truly give through the community. Last year, the session spent some time thinking about well, why are we together? I don't know if you've seen this video, Simon Sinek is his name, he does this whole thing on, you've got to have a why, and it's more about business, but you've got to have a why, like, why are you here? Why are you doing what you're doing? What is behind everything that you're doing? And we, just, we thought about that, and we came up with a lot of biblical answers, a lot of theological answers, whatever. But, but when we got down to it, as the leaders of this church, we said, why are we here? We said, we believe in a God of love, and we believe that love changes lives. And we believe that following Jesus changes how we act, how we see, how we speak in the world. We believe in a God of love. And that love reaches out to everyone, to all the lost. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're feeling lost because the preacher's not making any sense. Maybe you're feeling lost because life is complicated. Maybe you're feeling lost because you're at a, at, a, at a just at a point in your life. You know, maybe the kids are leaving home, or or maybe or maybe you're thinking about making that next big transition. You know, you're in a relationship and you're like, ooh, wow, this feels pretty good. I wonder if the next thing is we should really like, forever together. I don't know what the, what's going on with your life, but if you're lost, God loves you and seeking you. But there are a lot of folks out in our world who are being enticed by anger, by division, by hurtful words and ways of living. And I believe the Christian community has a lot to say about that, that that is not what we are about. We are about seeking the lost and drawing them into community, into a place where they can feel found, not because they did something right, not because they got dressed up, not because they cut their hair, but because they are welcome in the presence of Christ. Because he gave everything that, they, that we might know love. Might know love. And so I want to challenge us today as this church gets ready to write a new chapter in its life as we think about how we're how we're changing some space in in our in, in this building i want us to think real hard how we're changing the space between our heads and our hearts and maybe not how we're changing it but how god is changing it about what we're about in mission and ministry who we're reaching out to, how we're helping to change the world in the name of Christ. Not that we're doing it, but that the Spirit is moving through us, that we can welcome the lost, we can welcome those who, who, are on the, who we think are on the periphery of society. And it's going to be hard. It scares me. I like hanging out with people who think like I do, who eat like I do, who want to go to concerts like I do, I, you know? Sorry for that concert reference. But in Christ, in Christ, all things, all things are possible. Through the Spirit, all things are possible. Believe it. Trust it. Know it. Dive deep into this story of the lost and the found because we have been found. And if you're feeling lost, Christ is searching for you. There's a song that was written after 9-11 and I don't necessarily love the song so much, but it begins, where were you when the world stopped turning? Well, the world didn't stop turning. God's love didn't stop churning. The Spirit didn't stop seeking. But I do like the end of the song. Because he says, and he quotes 1 Corinthians 13, The greatest of these is love. Amen.